Welcome back to Cast Burgers. I'm your host, Eli Halpern, and today I'm joined with a special guest, Justin Essenmacher. Hey, bro. How you doing, man? So good. Thanks for having me, man. It's Dude, we've awesome. been trying to do this for, like, years now, I think. I think years. Since I've met you, we've talked about recording, and we've just never got to it. Yeah, like, since back in L.A. Yeah, we were in L.A. You were like, let's do it, and then I said yes, and then think COVID probably happened. That and didn't which- help. It didn't help a lot of things. Kind of fucked up most of my plans, but in a good way, almost. I wouldn't have been in Austin. And now the crazy thing is you're in Austin and I'm in Austin. And now we're doing it again, so. And now we're here. And now we're here. How you like studio. Austin? I love it. Pretty. I mean, I love it for the most of it, but then other parts it's like, it's kind of intense. It's way more intense than L.A. Because in L.A. I was a little bit more, uh, I was a bit of a good boy. I was more poor. And my house sucked, and I was far away from the city. But now I'm inside the city. So, like, every night I'm going out, and it just doesn't stop. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure to just keep drinking and blow and whatever. Yeah. So when you're, like, you're anywhere you're out and you're trying to have a good night, you literally turn around and someone's offering you something, weed, alcohol, other things. And you're like, oh, well, that sounds more fun than being sober. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been off the booze train again. Yeah. uh, how long? It's boring. Uh, this time it's been about two weeks. I went four months, relapsed for like a month, and then did it here and there for a little bit. So like within the last six months, I've been drunk about two to three weeks of it. Yeah, I can. Well, that's not so bad. I did it. I was. Uh, I didn't drink or smoke for twenty four hours. That was Sunday. I just stayed home. <laughs> twenty four hours. Twenty four hours. Did you get the shakes? No, it's not that I get the shakes. I'm just bored, and it's like. Then you go out and then you're like, well, this is just boring because everybody around you is fucked up. And hanging out with fucked up people all the time is kind of, it's not like it's bad. It's just not, you're not on the same level. So it's like, you're talking about shit that you're just like, this is just so stupid. Yeah. It's so stupid, but you're like, the only way I can understand them is if I'm drunk or high. Yeah, it's, dude, there's a lot of friends that I had like from college where uh, they were like my best friends. And then eventually I realized that we had never hung out sober, and then I hung out with them sober. I'm like, how have we been friends for so long? Yeah, or like relationships with women. You met them when you were drunk or high, and then you try to hang out with them sober, and you're like, why do I even hang out with you? It's no yeah. fun. But then you start drinking, you're like, oh, I could hang out with this girl. I <laughs> I like to exclusively hang out with girls sober, so that doesn't happen. Yeah, that would make sense, but you never know when you're going to meet the right girl or a girl. And usually it's when you're messed up is when I meet women. Because you're out at a bar. Yeah, that's true. I, I went celibate for two months. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so you have that choice. See, I'm just celibate because it just works out that way. <laughs> yeah, dude. You're, you're a good-looking guy, though, and you're funny. Well, thank you. But everybody says that, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Because I'm like, maybe I'm trying too hard, or I just, I don't know. I'm not talking to that many women. I don't know. It's weird. It's interesting. Because everybody says that. You're like, dude, your jawline. How are you single? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. So then I get this big ego that I'm like, I am a good looking man, but I don't have any women wanting me. People used to ask me that, like, why are you single? And I'm like, so I can have sex with whoever I want. Yeah, then I like that. Why would I want to be in a relationship? Although I'm in one now and it's great. Well, sometimes you want to find a good relationship. I think I'm past the point maybe of hooking up. I'm like kind of over it. But I don't know if I'm over it because then it's like, because then I'm like, if I get with a woman, I'm always wanting them more. I always talk about wanting more because it's like, well, if I 
if I shack up with this one girl, and then all of a sudden the next day you'll find like all these other women wanting you, and it's like that give off that uh, confidence or something that women want when you start banging other chicks. Yeah, they're like they can smell it. Yeah, once I started dating this girl, I started getting hit on by a lot of girls. I think it's because we give off we don't need them. Yeah, is that what it is? And it maybe wants us more than is that the thing? There's a lot to unpack. There's so a much to unpack. Combination of what you give off and their insecurities and that meshing together. Yeah. So what do you do? I don't know. I just, uh, because I hook up with a chick and then the one chick that I always wanted will hit me up the next day and be like, so what's up? And I'll be like, where were you at the last three weeks, dude? Where were you at? Fucking her ex-boyfriend. Probably. That's what, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I asked a girl out on Instagram. I met her. She's this singer, right? So I met her at WTFI's house. She saw me and she's like, you have the most beautiful eyes. And I'm like, you're the most beautiful person I've ever seen. So then I never saw her again. But then, I, you know, we followed on Instagram. And then I had the, the balls, if you could say it. Just I asked her out to dinner like a three weeks, two weeks ago, you know. And she's like, well, if I wasn't going to the movies with my friends, I would totally be down for that another day. And then I messaged her again. I said, yeah, that'd be great to figure out. And then she didn't message me. So then I just gave up. And then I thought about messaging her the other day. And then I said, no. Why try? Yeah. Because it shouldn't be that hard to make something happen, right? Or should you make it be that hard to chase someone? I mean, it depends on the person. If she's like the one, which it doesn't sound like she is. She's probably not, right? She's probably just, just a hot girl who's could be fun for a couple of weeks. But yeah, it's not, it, it kind of devalues yourself to put them on a pedestal. Yeah. It does because then you're the one always trying to, you know, I guess, be what they want. Because since they didn't make the move, probably don't want you, right? Or is that just me overthinking it? I think everything that we're about to say is us overthinking. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to talk it out, right? A lot of girls are attracted to me because I'm out of my fucking mind and they want to fix me. Ah. That's a big thing. That is a big thing. I'm always attracted to women that do have issues, like where you got to fix, like there's problems that just aren't normal. I've been with like chicks who have their shit figured out, got a career and a house and stuff. And I'm like, this is boring. I need some issues. I need some issues. I need something different. So maybe that's what's wrong. You're going for the wrong women. I'm going for the wrong women. <laughs> that's what it is. I'm going for the wrong women. I'm attracted to those. Uh, I mean, I used to. Like, it, hot girls were a huge motivator for me. Yeah, you want to be attracted to the woman you're going for. And then I got in a relationship. And then once you get a taste of that love pussy, you, you can't go back to hooking up like that. You can't. And it's hard because you have that connection, so the pussy just is that much better when you yeah. have a connection. When you have those drunk late nights, you're like, this is sex. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come. Am I going to be happy at the end of it? No. <laughs> no. As soon as I come, I'm just like, why did I do this? Yeah. As soon as I come, I'm like, can we leave? Can we? Can you leave now? Yeah. And then, and then women think we're assholes because we're like so nice and we're like, you know, putting out that we want to do something with them in the future and potentially build something. Yeah. And then you have sex with them, and then you realize that's not what you want, and then they <laughs> interpret it as. You just wanted to fuck me. 
But yeah. that, it, a lot of the times it's not the case. Sometimes you just realize that you were just horny. Yes. And that sucks for them. And yeah. sorry, women. We don't hate you. We don't want to use you for sex. Yeah. I mean, the Be reality Be a better of person it. and yeah. then we'll stick around. <laughs> or have better pussy. Sometimes the sex is just bad too. And yeah. you don't know that. If there's no like, my big thing with women is the kiss. The kiss is what sets it off for me. If you have a good kiss, you should have some good sex, right? But then it sucks when you have the good kiss and then you have sex and the sex just doesn't work. You're like, what the fuck? It was just like, a, it was a tease. It hurts. Left my goddamn puff bar in the car. That's not a good thing, dude. You need the puff bar. Oh, it's, it's like a anxiety thing, you know? Do you got to have it? You can use this. Is this a peace pipe? Yeah, that's Mike Eaton's. Is that a, do you smoke weed out of it? Uh, yeah. Or CBD? I don't know what you... CBD, yes. You smoke CBD out of it? Yeah. That thing looks like it was made by Native Americans, was it? It was, yeah. His mom got it for him. Did you buy it out of, like, a tent? Or a, what do they call those things that the Indians used to live in? I don't remember. Teepee. You should ask Mike about it. He's good at telling stories. That's really good. That's really cool. That's probably one of the coolest pipes I've ever seen. It is. I don't like it. <laughs> Why not? What's wrong with it? Uh, I just like the the gla the typical glass ones. You like a typical glass one. This I feel like if you I guess smoke this, if I was wearing like a headdress, <laughs> cool. did, and and a drum circle a circle was going on in the background, you would yeah. smoke this. Yeah. I feel like if I smoke this, I could learn drums. Dude, <laughs> I wanna I wanna start rocking a headdress. Why don't people rock headdresses? Cultural appropriation. Cult yeah, you would get <laughs> My friend the other day told me he was wearing a Hawaiian shirt and some girl said, you're appropriating... He lives in Seattle. She said, you're appropriating my culture. And he pulled his shirt down and pinched his nipple and he says, now I'm inappropriating your culture. <laughs> that makes... How is he even appropriating culture? Also, Hawaiian shirts that probably weren't made in Hawaii. And the Hawaiian people don't wear them. Yeah, only white old dad well just dads wear them i have worn them i love hawaiian shirts yeah who doesn't love hawaiian shirt they're nice they're breezy the whole boogaloo they're boys things fucked it up for me though who's the boogaloo boys it's like a like a pro trump group that <laughs> oh, they wear hawaiian shirts and like bulletproof vests and it looks cool but <laughs> i don't want to be associated with that i, I just want my hawaiian shirts yeah, just like the gays yeah. already took the rainbow. Now we got the white supremacists taking the Hawaiian shirt. What's going to be left? White shirts. I can't carve a swastika on my forehead anymore. No, you got to wear wife beaters. Wife beaters are going to be the new thing that we can only wear because they're white, and we can be wife beaters are easily the least woke shirt just because of their name. Yeah, they're also very trashy looking. The trashiest of people wear them. Do you wear wife beaters under your shirts? Sometimes to intentionally look trashy. <laughs> wife beater under a Hawaiian shirt. Wait, so you're not trashy? No. I didn't think you were trashy ever. But you do pull off the trashy look well, though. Right? Yeah, I've been wife told... Wife beaters, mullet, a beard. A, a lot of people say I look homeless or like uh, the Geico caveman commercial guy. Really? Yeah. That's just being mean. That's it was just funny. Mean. That's funny, but it's also mean because you don't look that way. I think you look like a, you look like a, more of an extreme guy. 
an extreme guy that likes to like I could see you doing like half pipes in a snowboard or like riding BMX or skateboarding. Do you no, do any I, of those? No, I do martial arts because I can't do any of those. Yeah. I swear to God, I was like, I suck at sports. I'm uncoordinated. I'm going to learn how to beat up everyone that's good at sports. That really? was my motivation to start martial arts. I feel like it takes a lot of coordination to beat the shit out of people, though. Oh, I've definitely gotten a lot more coordinated. Yeah, that would help. But I tried to do a... a, a I was in Tulum. I tried to do a front flip into a cenote and just failed miserably. What's a cenote? It's like, like, oh man, it's like a volcanic, like groundwater that builds, like wells up in, in these like black lava, like they're basically natural swimming pools. Oh, okay. See, I thought you were saying you're going to do a back, a front flip into a, like a, a, a move, a martial arts move. I thought a cenote was a martial arts move. <laughs> I don't know much, but so that's cool. Where's that at? Dude, there's a fly in This here. fly is huge. It landed on me. It's about the size of a bird. Do you see it? You can see it on the cameras probably, how big oh, it is. Now it's on the camera. Yeah. That's a fucking asshole. Dude, I got an electronic fly zapper. How's that? It's like a tennis racket. Yeah. So fun. I got two of them. I'll just go around like... Hit them? Did you ever hit one just like a home run? A bunch, you, yeah. yeah. Very fulfilling. Yeah. Me and my brother, when we were younger, stupid shit, we would take wiffle ball bats, like the skinny wiffle ball bats, and then we would hit like hornet's nest, or like wasp's nest to get them down, but then you would have to do it to hit the, the bees away. <laughs> That's terrifying. Terrifying. Did you get stung? Probably, I think. That was a long time ago. We would hit them, and it was stupid. I probably got stung once or twice, but I've been stung multiple times by multiple wasps at like once, and it's happened many times. Like when I was a kid, we were playing around in like a drain, and like we're from the country, so we were playing around in like the Where you the, from? the ditch, uh, Michigan. And it's a place called Lennox Township. So I lived on like dirt roads and like farm town. So we were always outside playing with stupid shit that you're not supposed to. And we were playing around in like the ditch, and then we broke like a hornet's nest. And I got stung by like nine wasps there. And then older times, it was a few years ago. My dad was cutting the grass, and he drove over a hornet's nest, the ones that stay under the ground, which are very mean, aggressive wasp. And he didn't know it, so he drove over it, and he got stuck. So then I had to help him move the lawnmower. And when we started helping him, all of a sudden, one like stung me in the leg, and then another one stung me in the leg, and then a whole bunch of them. I was, if you got that, I would have been, I would have ended the podcast there. That would, nothing can top that. What kind of shoes are those? Reeboks. Oh, I was thinking. You remember rainbow sandals? No. Oh, they were big in Southern California. I was wondering if they made a shoe edition. I don't know. I saw these. It was during Gay Pride Month, and they fit, and I like the rainbow. They also have a message on them that says, like, all types of love. <laughs> hey, you got the rainbow. I got the Hawaiian shirt. We're keeping it moving. We're keeping it moving. I'm basically, I'm for, I'm supporting the gays here, basically. I just actually, I'm supporting love. Also, it's just a cool-ass part of the shoe. Yeah. Yeah. It also gets it. me hit on a lot in the gay clubs. <laughs> Yeah. You ever go to the gay clubs? Uh, I have been. Yeah? Haven't been hit on. You never get hit on? By gays? Uh, I gays? do, but not at, gay, not at the gay clubs I've been to. There's a, at Native Hostel, yeah. there's like a group of guys that wear heels. Really? And uh, yeah, they just hang out together and they're just in heels. And <laughs> they're like good looking guys that look like masculine and stuff, but they're in dresses and heels. Interesting. I saw a kid yesterday at my restaurant. He was uh, 
he wore makeup. He had makeup on and his like he had foundation. It was like to his neck. So it was like he did like all this makeup, all beautiful makeup, right? I guess. And then under his neck is where you could see the line because he didn't blend it well. So it went from like pale white kid to beautiful woman <laughs> up top. I don't, it was confusing. Yeah, dude, taking mushrooms and people watching downtown is a trip. I could see it being a trip. Being sober down there is a trip. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of weird characters. I've done that, and like the homeless people freak me the fuck out. Yeah, that's scary. They're scary. Like I don't like I, being around them. I don't like being around them sober. I don't like being around them any other types. You know, there's that one girl, that bald white girl. <laughs> maybe if I'm smoking crack. If you're smoking crack, maybe you could hang out with them. But I feel like it'd be more terrifying, right? It'd yeah, I wouldn't want to share it. Have you seen the one white girl, the bald white girl? She looks like she cuts her head. She puts face mask on. She looks like a character in like the movie The House of Wax. No, and I hope I never do. If you're going to Creek in the Cave, look on the one street. It's like the one intersection. She's usually over by Swan Dive. She'll just be sitting there like doing makeup or like picking skin off of her head. She thinks she takes knives to her head. I think it's like, uh, I feel like she has a lot of insecurities about what she looks like. So she tries to fix it by cutting, or she's just cutting like the demons outside of her body. Ugh. It's freaky. I I always have to like I stay on the opposite side of the road and I try not to look at her. I've done mushrooms and looked at her. Terrifying. It's just terrifying. Yeah, that sounds awful. It's not a good time. How long have you been doing comedy now? I'm almost at seven years, so six and a half plus years. Cool. I'm about the same. Yeah, wait, are you? Yeah. yeah. Where'd you start? Uh, my first mic was eight years ago in San Diego. Nice. I didn't really take it seriously until. Uh, uh, four or five years ago, when I moved to LA and just started like grinding daily. Yeah, yeah. I started in Michigan. I did that for five years, and then I did, the first time I did it, and then I just never stopped. I had this weird problem where it's like if uh, I stop something, it's like fear of missing out or or feel like a failure. Yeah, something that's, that's good. I mean, that's that thought process is the reason for feelings of depression and lack of self worth. Yeah. But it is also the recipe for success. Is that what it is? Is that what it is? I mean, because I've read the... I like, mean, from personal experience. Yeah. I could see that being from the personal experience, too. Like, it, I feel like I'm going in the right path, but then when I have these expectations that I'm like, why is nothing happening? You know, but I'm putting in the work consistently. So it kind of wears on you. But then I've listened to things where it's like, you know, it's, it's, it gets more difficult before it gets better, obviously. So it's like, and, and it comes in waves, just like yeah. everything. Yeah, I think I've been in a down wave. Not to get too mushroomy, but everything is in waves down to a subatomic level. Yeah, that would make sense. But um, yeah, dude, you're doing great. You're doing all the right things. Like, well, thank you. I was on a bunch of ketamine one night, and I was like scrolling down your page, and I was just like looking at the the quality of your content and like the subtitles and everything. And I was like, yeah, dude, this is how it's done. Thank you. I appreciate like, it. No, and I'm same with you. Thank you. Uh, you and Mike are taking it over. You guys got, you know, picked up here or what's the place called? Drinking Bros. Yeah. You got that shit and you guys are always consistently doing it. It's nice when people are consistently doing it and serious about it. It's also just a lot of work that I don't think a lot of people maybe do see. So it's nice when people see it and they know it because I'm doing it all on my own. It's just like constant work. So I work five days a week. And then I'm doing stand-up most days of the week and doing content and doing a podcast. And it's a fucking lot, so you're losing your mind a little bit. I'm, like, constantly going every day. 
What podcast are you doing now? So I have mine. It's called Going Through It with Justin Essenmacher. Um, and that's on episode, I just got released episode 30, a consistent, you know, uh, weekly podcast talking about my emotions. And Can we it, find that like on all streaming platforms? Yeah, all streaming platforms, YouTube, YouTube. Spotify, you Apple. do video? Yeah, I do video and, cool. I do, uh, and I do audio. So like I'm doing all that, trying to keep up with it and trying to come up with new ideas. I've been wanting to come up with maybe trying to do a live podcast. I think that would be a lot of fun for me to yeah. have like a crowd because I love doing crowd work. And I love fucking with people, and I love people fucking with me, and it, I think that's a fun energy. So, me and Mike are actually about to do a live Giggle Boys tour. A tour? Yeah, that's dope. So, Mike, I don't know if you remember Dante Russicelli. No, he was if you're like golden artist or anything. He's he's been a, he was around in L.A. Okay. Um, so he was Mike's like manager. Really. And they brought on some new people and. Mike had a phone call with uh, one of the lawyers, and he was like, yeah, we want to set up a, a tour for you guys, which is a fucking dream come true. That's amazing. So a live podcast tour? Yeah. That's fucking dope. Yeah, we're going to start it out here. Um, have you been to Native Host? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Easy's. That's where I was. Yep. That's where I was you talking to Mike. Yeah. Podcast. I was talking to Mike, and I also was talking to, uh, what's his name? Um, Evan? Evan? I met him and I, because I heard him talking about podcasts, and I looked in that studio, and it's, it's a beautiful spot. The sound quality is amazing. It's intimate. It's like the perfect thing for like a, a podcast that doesn't have a lot of fans or following, like mine. But I think I could have, I mean, at least promoted enough to have like a cool little show. You could there. even do a thing where you pre-sell the tickets before you commit to booking the spot. Or no, you probably couldn't do that. Well, no, I but think. I'm saying, if I just did the podcast and if a few people show up, it's cool because, I mean, you don't really need people for the podcast. I can still do the podcast as it is if it doesn't happen. You know? I mean, it's, it's not cheap to rent the spot. It probably is not cheap either. So I would like to sell tickets. Yeah, you have so, to sell tickets. It's, yeah. It's like a couple hundred bucks. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So see, if I did that, I would want it to obviously be something yeah. and be worth it. Maybe make it a special event. But I've been thinking about doing it. People have given me the idea, and I think I, it would be a fun thing. Play some games with people. Because I do this little thing on my podcast, you know, is it me, is it you? And I do some trivia. And just I want to hear some stories from people and comment on their stories of crazy things that they're going through. Because I've, all, I've been through a lot, I think. And, uh, but now, like, you know, once you start talking every week about your problems, it kind of almost gets redundant. And it's like, do people want to hear you bitch for an hour? I don't know. If it's funny. If it's funny. But sometimes, you know, some weeks, you know, are just more just emotional than funny. Yeah. Because it's almost like a therapy session, which, I mean, I'll throw funny things in there when I can. But, you know, if you're just, you know, you got to talk about your week, nothing really happened. It's just what I'm going through that day or like that week. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how Casper's is, too. It's like I'm I'm doing this for me. Yeah, like, which you should. I do, I do Giggle Boys for me also, but. I want to make it good for the people. Exactly. I don't really care about this being as good because this is something I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I'm always going to have this outlet yeah. to where I can just yell at strangers on the internet for the rest of my life. And exactly. I love that. And, uh, you know, as long as you're not ranting about your problems on stage and it's just sad, then I think you don't have anything to worry about. Yeah, that's a good point, too. I've been really trying to focus on the comedy and trying to just focus on the jokes and then let the outlet happen on the podcast 
Um, I've been trying to figure out just how to get people over to the podcast. So that's why I'm consistently. I got a few ideas. Yeah. I've been doing releasing content weekly, multiple times. So, so here's two little tactics I did that got me uh, almost 30 subscribers in a okay. day. In a day? Yeah. That's good. I went on Omegle. Yeah. I said, hey, right before they call me a faggot, I say, hey, tell me what you want me to write you a song about. And then I just start freestyle singing guitar. And then it's hilarious every time. Yeah. And then they're like, all right, we'll subscribe. So I got like 20-something from that in a night. That's good. And then I took my girlfriend's pictures, made a Tinder account, and started catfishing all these guys to listen to my podcast. That's pretty good. The sex sells. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of guerrilla marketing. I mean, that's all we can do. It's just trying to get people to watch it and catch one of them. Yeah. Because I think the content that we do release is good. It's just trying to... You're competing with millions and however many podcasts and how many comedians there are. So it's just... It's tough. It really is tough. And the podcasts are blowing up. Everyone's doing podcasts. So trying to make your stand out is... It's hard. Yeah, and it's it's not like a competition of quality. It's a competition of attention. Yeah. You've been I look at the analytics of like the podcast, the even the small videos. It's crazy to see the numbers of how much people want to pay attention. Even on a twenty second video, you can't get people to watch the whole twenty seconds. That's insane. And then try to get them to watch twenty minutes to an hour of your podcast, that's even more mind blowing. I was on a big kick of like watching podcasts, and I was, I loved it. But then you also burn out the podcasts you listen to every week. You're like, okay, I get it. It's interesting. Yeah, me and Mike have been talking about bringing more structure to the podcast because usually it's just us sitting here just talking shit. Yeah. And so we just added Casey Rocket as a new segment. That's good. And we're gonna we're talking about doing more like little segments like that. Like what segment? What is he gonna do? Are you just gonna bring him on and talk? The to worm him? report. Ah, that's good. And that's the thing is like trying to figure out different unique things for a, a structure of the podcast to make it different from any other podcast. And Casey Rocket would be a good segment. Yeah, dude, that guy's hilarious. Yeah, he's taking over the scene. He yeah he he hit the trifecta within a month. Yeah, he Vulcan did. Vulcan sunset. Creek one night. Did he? In one night? Yeah. That's pretty big. Yeah. That's pretty big. And then Red Band posted him and was like, follow this guy. Did he gain anything from that? Do you know? Yeah. He had 648 followers when I followed him, and now he has 1,700. Wow. That's more than me. That did a number. That did a number. And then, yeah, that's crazy. Dude, speaking of like getting followers really quick, I had my TikTok, right? So on my TikTok, was, I had a couple good videos go viral, and it gave me like 3,000 followers on TikTok, which was huge, and I was like, cool, it's building up steam. And then TikTok is starting to fucking, it was cracked down on like, I don't know, four or five of my videos, and just shuts them off, and then I think it's really fucked up the following, and the whole like, I'm not getting anything on it now, which sucks because it's like, I see what TikTok puts out there, and it's tits, ass, sex, and stupid shit and mine are just jokes and they're they're uh banning my jokes yeah m- me and mike uh blew up on tiktok we would just post clips with the subtitles yeah. and uh i think the first one we uploaded got like two hundred thousand views yeah 
and it, it was me talking about how I got a gun, or I was saying, isn't suicide self-defense if you're the one trying to kill yourself? And yeah, that was the joke. And um, yeah, it hit 200K and then got deleted. And then we re-uploaded it, censoring the word suicide. And then that stayed up. And, and how it, many did that get? Uh, I forget. It got a decent amount. Good. I, um, I'm pretty sure over 10,000. That's still good, but it doesn't make any sense why... The, like, they're censoring jokes, which is censoring speech. Yeah. So it's weird because they're censoring speech, yet they're letting girls show their ass and tits and they're just doing a stupid video of copying someone's voice or something. Or That's the great thing about TikTok is they're like, take other people's content, take their voice and their idea, and then do something with it, and then make those people blow up, and then the other people who make it are just struggling. It's fucking doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and there's a lot of that with the Twitter world with like, I don't know if people are stealing jokes from Twitter or people are tweeting stolen jokes, but I can see it being overla- both. Yeah, probably both. It's really it's kind of funny because it's just content is people re- remaking other people's content. As uh, the great philosopher Nas once said. No idea is original. There's nothing new under the sun. It's not how you do it. It's not what you do, but how it's done. And that's good. That's deep. And it makes sense because, yeah, I mean, we've all been here for, I don't know, thousands of years. And we've all talked about it. all the songs are all the about the same thing. Love, sex, hate, depression, drugs, trips. What else, you know? So, I mean, songs are still getting made and they're all unique still hopefully but in content's the same thing so but the thing is i don't think they should censor free speech of jokes i agree uh big tech has become the new government yeah it's pretty cool <laughs> it's pretty fucking cool i just love how the man just gets into everything and has to ruin everything and control everything because technically they they're not censoring free speech that's a company policy Okay. But they're tied in with the government, so it's very shady. Yeah, it is shady. They don't want people to hear certain things, so that's, I think, I don't know. I was watching the uh, the interview last night, and I'm pretty sure that's what North Korea does, right? Since <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't, a lot, you can go to prison if you have, like, a Hollywood movie. Yeah. Do that? Can you? Yeah. Like, if you yeah, own yeah, a for movie. for real, for real. Uh, the, the, you can't access the internet, most of the internet, um... All of the history books are altered. Like the, it's a, it's an entire nation of brainwashed people. Yeah, they're, and they're I mean, I think prisoners. I think um, I think I mean we're free in America, but I think there's also a lot of censoring that's happening. But they do it in a a nice way. We still have access to the information, though. Yes, it's just hushed and ridiculed. But if you go looking for it, you can find the answers. Yeah. Um. The CIA, this is kind of a, a tangent, but... Um, Go ahead. The, I forget what the operation was called. The CIA was very involved in Hollywood, okay. and I'm sure they still are. That would make sense. Because why not? But um, to promote certain ideologies and mm. um, discredit others. Yeah. And... That's why I think Hollywood is America's biggest uh, superpower behind the military. 
because I, I've traveled all over the world. Everywhere you go, you see American music and American movies in any country in the world. Okay. And uh, America is universe or global for entertainment and media. Yeah. And uh, it would be no surprise to me to find out that this, a lot of this is manipulated by the CIA. And then you can get into the whole satanic, pedophile, warship, Lady Gaga shit. And uh, I also saw today, um, check this out. Uh, George Bush. <sighs> is a really great guy. I didn't screenshot this, god damn it. <laughs> There's, I, I saw this this picture of a... There's a picture of Joe Biden with a bunch of children all wearing Trump hats and he's smiling, taking a picture with them. That's photoshopped, right? No. Oh, that's awesome then. Well, Joe's making America great again, right? So Jeffrey Epstein had a painting of George Bush playing with paper airplanes sitting in front of two collapsed Jenga towers. <laughs> that's pretty Let good. show that to the camera. Conspiracy City, baby. What is your conspiracy on 9-11? Um, Do you think it was... Government did it. You think the government did it? Positive. Positive? Yeah. What, how's the, why is it positive? I'm just wondering. Mm. Not saying you're wrong. Because Jet every, fuel can't melt steel beams. If it could, it would have melted the passports, too. I don't believe that people would be capable of hijacking an airplane by threatening to blow it up. It would just be like, okay, blow it up then. I'm not going to let you in the cockpit. Yeah. I would call their bluff. And if I, I, I out of a, all the people on those flights, there would have been someone that was like, I'm not going to let this happen. I would have done something. Yeah, I don't think I would let, because how many people were in one plane? And how many people hijacked the one plane? Is it multiple people? It was two planes that got hijacked. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, in one plane... I don't know. Many... I think there's, like, 200-something. Yeah, but how many people hijacked it? Two. Yeah, so two how can 200 people not step up and be like, yo, let's yeah. fight them? And then, and then after we went to war with Afghanistan, I personally know Marines that were given orders to not mess with the opium fields. And <laughs> For real? Yeah. Yeah. And um, the uh, Afghanistan was supplying, I think, like 3% of the world's opioids before 9-11. And today it's like upwards of 70%. They're doing pretty good. Yeah. It's good so it's like, right there. dude, it's, it's like tied in with like, you know, the military industry and, and, Profiting off of war and big pharma and and then there's that lucky Larry Silverstein. I don't know if you've heard of him. No. He's uh he was the owner of the the Twin Towers and he took out a three point five billion dollar insurance plan uh like very recently before nine eleven and he just happened to not be there that day, nor was his family who uh, they all worked there. Maybe they had a dentist appointment. Yeah, he did. Wait, did he actually have a dentist appointment? He had a doctor's appointment. Did the whole family have it? It was all um, their, it was the their son, yearly checkup? The son was late. 
to the appointment to work. Oh, that's that's the narrative. Yeah, it'd be hard to get to work when the buildings are collapsing on your street to get there. That's fucked up. That's interesting how the riches and, keep getting fucking richer. And uh, fucking Rumsfeld or something. Don Rumsfeld. Or, I'm probably fucking up his name. This is how I get all my information, by the way, is by talking just to people. <laughs> so I don't, you know. So $2.3 billion was like missing from the Pentagon budget on September 10th. Where'd that go? We had bigger problems by the next day. Ah, uh, oh. Forgot about it. Maybe they had a big pizza party at the Pentagon. They were like, hey guys, we need to buy all of the pizza. Uh, by pizza, you mean children? Or that. We have a children party. Hashtag Pizzagate. Hashtag. Did you, get, did you go down that rabbit hole? No, I've only heard the little bit of things. I read a couple of the headlines. I read a couple of articles about it, kind of. It was interesting. I'll I, let you be ignorantly bliss. It's, it's you know, really that's terrible. the really thing I like almost about the ignorance is bliss thing because I every, cried. I actually cried. Why did you cry? Because it was so terrible. Wasn't it just, well, I used wasn't to, it just, not just wasn't it just, but wasn't it a, a, a fake thing where they said that they were trafficking kids through this pizza? That's what the media said the story was. So, the, okay, so then what's what, the real story? You're my news. You want to get into this? I want to get into it. I want to know what Pizzagate is, All right, okay? brother, I'll tell you. All right, tell me. So, Pizzagate is the notion that there is a huge child sex smuggling operation going on in Washington, D.C. and globally that involves uh, Hollywood elites as well and other ultra-rich people. Okay. And one of the guys involved is a guy named James Alephantis, which uh, this is a stretch, but in French, Jaime L'Enfant, which is spelled similar, means I love the child. Okay, that's a good name. So he owns Comet Ping Pong Pizza. Okay. Which is what the media twisted the narrative into saying that people claimed there was a child sex operation running out of Comet Ping Pong. No one ever said that. They just said the guy involved worked there. Oh, okay. So if you look at this guy's Instagram, it is very creepy. It's private now, but um, if you, you can look on Steam, S-T-E-E-M. Type in Steam James Elephantis on Google, and you can find the archives of his Instagram. It's a lot of pictures of children, a lot of very uncomfortable sexual jokes. Uh, he has a picture of like, a, looks like a deep freezer where you keep the food, like steel walls and everything. It's, it's uh, empty inside with the caption, kill room. And uh, just very questionable stuff. And he was listed as, I think, number 48 in the top 50 influential men in D.C. Now, this is a guy who I think he's like an art provocateur also or like an art curator and a chef. What is that guy doing being powerful in D.C. with those credentials? I, I don't see him being that powerful. He owns a pizza place or he works there. 
He owns it? Yeah, he owns it. And he's the most powerful, one of the most in the top 50 in D.C.? Yeah. Must be some good pizza. Yeah. President eats this pizza. So he owns another property. Some some guy, just some random dude on YouTube went and like investigated this. Found it. Found out he owned a, another property called the Pegasus Museum, which uh, if you look on Google Maps, it's like it's just a it's just a building with like no windows really. Creepy cameras around it, and okay. it's right next to an abandoned uh, like a like a park for for kids, and. Under that is a subway, a defunct subway system. So it's right next to a bunch of underground tunnels that go all over DC. That's weird. And the guy who's trying to interview James Alephantis about this, uh, James Alephantis ended up threatening him, sending him pictures of his girlfriend and his mom and like his address and stuff. Really. Yeah. So he. So what happened to that guy? He backed off. I mean, he's been pretty vocal on YouTube, and uh, I don't think he has a big enough following for the mainstream to pick up on it. No, I thought he was gonna get disappeared. I thought he was gonna be disappeared by now, because they got rid of him. But at least they didn't get rid of him. Unless he didn't die. Yeah, he might. What happened to the child guy? The the James Alphantis. Yeah, that guy. Uh, he's still out there doing his thing, fucking kids and. Really? Yeah. So nothing. So the Pizzagate thing, nothing happened. People went. Didn't people go to his restaurant, or was that all bullshit? Someone went to his restaurant and fired fired a single shot at the ground to see if there was anyone in the basement. That guy got arrested. Um, this shit goes deep though. And then uh, John Podesta, who was like a Hillary Clinton advisor, in WikiLeaks, the Podesta emails had some creepy shit where um, almost verbatim the email was we'll have some entertainment with you it lists three children's name with their ages six nine six and almost seven and they will be in the pool with you for sure how else are you going to interpret inviting children into a pool for entertainment? Yeah, that's really weird. And then if you look at the artwork that John Podesta has in his house, that's online. It's it's just really creepy shit of like sad looking children in like onesie bathing suits like at a pool and just creepy stuff, man. Yeah, see this is why I don't go into shit cuz then it just gets Really dark, and then you question, like, how are these the people running the fucking country? And then you're like, well, they have to run the country because they got to change the rules so they can fuck all these kids. Yeah. Which is weird. That's why rapists and pedophiles are getting less and less time. Shut up. Are you serious? Yeah, California just made it... Well, for one, they made it not a felony to intentionally infect someone with AIDS. Um, That's good. Good job, government. That's a good one. <laughs> What's the next one that they did? Uh, well, if they're over five, it's less years. But if they're under five, it's a little bit more years. Is that one of them too? I don't know. I'm not like, hey, they're six years I'm old. They basically it. have a brain that works. So 
you guys are fine. They, that kid made that choice to fuck that adult, which is so fucked. It's just weird. I don't understand why these powerful people want kids. I don't know why they want – it's just like you have all the money in the world. You can go sleep with supermodels across the world and like, no, that's too fun. That's too – it well, doesn't make any sense. I don't understand that, the thing. To show well, maybe, dominance or – Okay, so I'll, I'll try to understand it. So I like saying fucked up things that I could not say in a workplace and that would upset a lot of people. So I have designed my life in a way to where I can say fucked up things on stage. Yeah. So maybe they're like, I really like fucking kids. I need to design my life in a way to where I can do this without being ridiculed or punished. So I have to join this group. The other side is blackmail, where they don't want to fuck the kid, but they have to to be indicted into the Illuminati or whatever, into this yeah, higher... Yeah, like that one thing Alex Jones said, what's the island called where they all went? Little St. James. Is that what it's called? Pedophile they... Island. Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, no, there's another one. It's in the woods. Bohemian Grove. Bohemian Grove, that thing. And it's like they're all part of this group. And I don't know. It's just weird. It's like He somebody... has actual footage of them worshiping Satan. Yeah. It's crazy how it's like... Uh, I feel like it's like one guy fucked a kid, but he's like... Well, I'm not going to be the it. only guy that fucked a kid. Oh, how do we get it? The fly's on my leg. Dude, smack it fast. Oh, oh he's too quick, man. It's quick. Imagine how flies process time. How do they, or do they just have really good they, senses? They think faster. They think faster? For sure. They have to. You're saying that fly thinks. That fly had no idea you were about to smack him. But it moved. It felt it. I feel like it's instinct. I don't feel like they're... I feel like you could have done this and you wouldn't have done that. But once it came down, they see like in slow motion probably. They have a smaller lifespan. They have to make it feel like it lasts longer. Yeah. It's like mosquitoes. It's like, what? don't they live for like a day or something? Mosquitoes? Yeah. Like I don't know. Some, yeah, something. Which is crazy. That's a crazy life. You're born and they're like, yo, dude, you die tomorrow. It's like, I just woke up. Dude. <laughs> I just got out of the pussy, and now you're going to die. You hear about Bill Gates releasing sterilized mosquitoes? No. This is probably a good one, too. In Texas and Florida. His goal is to get rid of mosquitoes by having... Other mosquitoes? Them uh, mate with mosquitoes that can't give birth, and then eventually they'll just die off. That'd be really cool but they do have to release a bunch of genetically modified mosquitoes to attain this goal. Yeah. I feel like a lot of them probably just like, you know, nice little drones to watch everybody. They're calling it that, but it's actually drones and they're seeing, watching all, all of us. Birds. Or you ever birds. heard birds aren't real? I've heard birds aren't real. That's, that's a page on Instagram. It's verified. And every post is about how there was a covert CIA operation that killed billions of birds and replaced them with government surveillance drones and they charge on wires i don't i don't buy that one <laughs> i don't but this buy is that. a real thing i mean i could that see that a lot of people buy into i mean i could see there could be some birds that are cameras i could see it obviously they're big enough to be a suit a camera but i don't see it being a whole-fledged system of birds they already got enough of us they i mean we're, all of on our all on our phones, dude, is uh, they're traveling us everywhere. Everything you want to download. They, your phones listen to you talk. 
I know right now we're going to be, we're probably going to get into a child trafficking ring soon. We're going to get picked up, dude. They're like, don't talk about it anymore. Sorry, dude. We don't know the truth. We just want to know the truth. Yeah. Yeah. You think they give the kids a free slice when they fuck them? That's fucked up, man. That's Probably. Fuck- Hungry kids are so annoying. Yeah. Put a piece of pizza in their mouth, dude. And then so they stop crying. Do they think, what do they do with the kids after they use them? Do they get rid of them or do they just keep passing them around or do they give them back to their family? No. Uh, well, it depends. So with Epstein, his victims were returned to their family that we know of. Uh, I haven't heard of any missing Epstein girls. But I do know that there's plenty of evidence to support that they are stealing migrant children because they're undocumented and even going as far as impregnating people to raise their own kids for sexual abuse until, and this is, this is like the bottom of the hole right here. This is as dark as it gets. Okay, good. Cause I mean this, yeah. All right, go on. So they fuck these kids. So they're like animals. So they're like, uh, just a product. Yes. So they create so then, them to so fuck then them. They, they terrorize them and rape them. And then, they torture them while they kill them while harvesting their adrenochrome. And that's supposed to give them like superhuman abilities. What is the thing, the superhuman thing you said? Adrenochrome. Uh, what's that? Oxidized adrenaline. So if you have an EpiPen and you okay. let it go bad, that's adrenochrome. Okay. I've read a lot of reports of people trying adrenochrome and they said nothing really happened. So I don't buy it. And um, they also say they extract it from the pineal gland, which is where DMT is produced. And when you're dying, your brain produces DMT. So I, my interpretation is I don't think adrenochrome is what they're doing. I think they're killing these kids, extracting their DMT from their pineal gland and injecting it into them. And when you can interface with the spirit realm while sacrificing a child's life, which is the most valuable thing on earth, arguably, um, these interdimensional demons will reward you with uh, ideas of, like creative ideas and technological advancement ideas, and then interface with you so you become part of that darker dimension. Dude, what weed are you smoking? Because I want some of it. But DMT. Also, I was going to ask you DMT. Yeah. Um, that's is that how you found out? Does that mean did that research or is that what DMT told you? Or did you read it and then do DMT and then figure that out? Um. Do you know? I mean, because I, I understand I did DMT what, and then I researched it. Okay. When I was doing DMT, I had no idea about. Yeah. This pedophile. I mean, that's just the craziest that, thing, though, that you just said. Because it yeah. makes sense. So you're saying there's actually soul... Well, Alex Jones says it. Soul suckers. And there. he's been right about everything. He was wrong about the Sandy Hook thing when he said that it was staged, and then he apologized for it and admitted he was wrong. Yeah. Everything else... Dude, if you look at Alex Jones' videos pre-COVID, pre-pandemic, Everyone in the comments section, Alex Jones is a lunatic. He's out of his mind. 
this is what happens when you start drinking whiskey at 7 a.m., blah, 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 blah. Just a bunch of people calling him crazy. Anything after Epstein got suicided. Yeah. Every comment, holy shit, I can't believe Alex Jones was right. Alex Jones was right about everything. You know the world's fucked when Alex Jones is right. Like, just, it's fucking wild. I don't know. There's something with Alex Jones that I just trust. I don't know. I like, when he says something, I'm like, I kind of believe it. I mean, he says he has all the papers, and I'm like, well, it would make sense. His version of what he says makes more sense than what the government's saying. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. So I kind of believe Alex Jones over the government, which. Yeah. Because the government, I mean, obviously, they don't care about most of us or actually any of us, I feel. It sucks how powerful lying is. Yeah. Like, if you really want to get ahead in life, just start lying. And I can't. Yeah, I'm not a liar. I can't lie, and I don't like to fib. I don't like to really stretch things to make things sound better. Because, Even on stage. Yeah. On stage on stage is the most exaggerating stories or, I guess, lies you could say, but it's still, like, part of the truth. I'm just trying to make it funny, so I'll do that. But in, like, person, it's very hard for me. I have such a guilty conscience, so for me to lie to people, it, like, wears on me. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I don't talk to multiple women at once, because I can't do it. It's weird. Yeah. I know that we're bringing it back to women, but it's weird because I just don't like... Um... Yeah, I always said I, I'll, I'll never cheat because I'm a bad liar. Yeah. Also, when you do it, you just, I just, I just don't break sleep up at night. Yeah, I just have to, yeah, I have to break up with them to and like go pursue hook up the with next... someone yeah. and then get back with them. Turns out that's just as bad as cheating. It is. And it fucks with somebody even more, I would assume. Yeah. You know, and like, that's why friends with benefits don't work out. That's why friends with... I mean, any sexual relationship with anybody. But anyway, yeah, I just don't like to lie to people because I just I have such a guilty conscience. I can't sleep at night as it is. So to have lies on top of it, it's not good. Yeah, dude, I was up till 5 a.m. last night just for no reason. Yeah, especially as soon as I close my eyes, my thoughts start going. Oh, yeah. And then I got to pick up my phone, start Googling things, start writing mm-hmm. jokes, start writing... Yep. Epiphanies. And yeah, and then you're at now it's five in the morning. Like I probably need sleep because I got to wake up in three hours. That's and I mean. have to train. Yeah, you need sleep when you're training. Yeah, you need sleep for everything, <laughs> which it's like, and when you're not sleeping and going constantly, it just wears you down, and it's not helpful for the brain. I forget what I do most nights because I don't think I'm sleeping enough. Maybe. Yeah, sleep is one of the best things you can do for memory retention. And I don't have many memories. <laughs> So, and it's been like, my memory loss has been like, just going, since I've been here, been going down. I mean, we're doing stuff every night. It's pretty wild. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I do a lot of stuff, but I can't remember half the shit I did. We do so much fun shit with so many cool people. It all kind of like blends together. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, yesterday was so fun. Whoa, today's so fun. Oh, tomorrow's fun. Yeah. Everything's fun. What a good problem to have though. It is a good problem. Yeah, I think, I think, but then it does the. A good problem turn into a bad problem. Yeah, and that's up to to you to decide. Yeah, I, I I like the comedy scene a lot more here than L.A. Yeah, I always I've been saying that a lot too. I've been feeling more like a part of a community here. Mm-hmm. There's it's a lot of people I, I would be friends with had I not had to do comedy with them. Like yeah, in, in L.A., a lot of people was like, "Oh, I just want to." Wasn't L.A. weird about how like everybody you meet? 
it's uh, when you're kind of naive when you first moved to LA. Everybody's like, "Yeah, I'm doing this, 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 this." this. And you're like, "Wow!" And then you meet the next person, you're like, "I'm doing the same thing." And then eventually, it takes months to be like, "Oh, everybody's trying to do something in LA, but who's actually doing it in LA?" Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's a lot of you know the hierarchy system. And then Austin helped take away all of it because it's so young. So it's nice because you're hanging out with. I mean, you're with the top people. And then you're with the bottom people, and it's so small. You're with all of them in a community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you yeah. start to get to know everybody more as a human because there's only so many things you can do, and there's only so many shows that we can be at. And the higher-ups are taking the spots of the lower people, and the lower people are still performing with them, but it's putting us all together. And that applies to all aspects of Austin. Like, yeah. Like multimillionaire entrepreneurs and like the hippies that hang out at Barton Spring yeah they'll hang out together too it's like there's no exclusivity no and Everyone, it's nice everybody's included yeah everybody's i was suspicious nice at first when i f- first moved here when people were like oh let me get your number like let's hang out and i was like just to like be friends like <laughs> i, I yeah. like, wasn't used to it coming from la for four years yeah because everybody in la wanted something from yeah somebody. yeah what can i get out of you and here's yeah. just like you're cool let's hang out yeah and it's fucking great it is we're all i mean I've never hung out at so many places. Like in LA, I was always like, I do my shit and then go home because I had mm-hmm. a long drive. And so now that I don't have a long drive, I get to hang out longer and you get to know people. So it's fun. I've never went into a room and hugged 50 people, but I do here. Yeah. And it's all, so it's nice. We all know each other's names and it's, it's more of a, it's a nicer community here. A lot of love. A lot, a lot of, of love here. Yeah. So it's weird because you go to shows and like people are at shows to support shows. Just to mm-hmm. say hi, show face, and uh, well, that's also because of the traffic. That's a big thing. Dude. Oh yeah, and it's crazy. You can park here, and the traffic doesn't make you want to kill yourself. Yeah, I, I can. So in L.A. on a good day, if I wake up early enough, yeah, I can get three things done. Like I used to have to go to three places, like training, work, comedy. Yeah. And if I can do all of those, that's a good day for me. Out here, it's like six, seven things a day. Yeah. Like three training sessions, a podcast, go to Barton Springs, go out to eat, uh, make some music, yeah, hang out with friends. That's eight now. Like, it's just, once you limit, because, dude, I, I don't know what it is, but I genuinely, I don't think anything makes me more angry than parking yes. or being in traffic. Yeah, those things make me very angry. And also, my rent is so much cheaper now. And yeah. well, my mortgage. And yeah. like, I have a house now that I'm paying less than when I was in an apartment in LA. What would you have in LA? A one bedroom, two bedroom? Uh, two bedroom. Damn. Where at? Like in Hollywood, Brown Hollywood or? Uh, Studio City. Well, I was living. Oh, it's Studio it, City. It was, it was my ex girlfriend's place, and I just moved in with her because she lost her job in, in the pandemic. Oh, okay. We had a nice little quarantine relationship. Yeah, how was that? It was awesome. Was it? Yeah. That's good. We so, went through the honeymoon phase just doing acid and going on road trips and watching movies and just hanging out. Sounds like a nice time. I saw a lot of people. Yeah, you get the, the quarantine relationship. Yeah, too bad she was a communist. <laughs> she was a communist? Yeah. What, what did she do? Why? What was wrong? <laughs> she makes money promoting communism. She has a podcast about communism. Really? Yeah. It's funny because she's capitalizing on communism. That's interesting. 
And she lives here? No, LA. Other than that, I she mean, like she lives in the America. Yeah. Hmm. Why did she do that? Just because she's making money, or does she actually like communism? She loves communism. She thinks that they should take everyone's money and redistribute it. And uh, I don't know. It got to a point where I was like, because I'm a capitalist, you know, I'm an entrepreneur and stuff. Yeah. And I was just, one day I was just like, everything you believe in is like, goes against everything I stand for. Yeah. Which isn't good. And then I was like, I love you, but uh, I'm moving to Austin. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. That's not good when you have different viewpoints. I've had a lot of relationships, fizzle out because of viewpoints. And it's hard to focus on yourself when they really don't understand what the fuck you're doing. So, yeah. Takes time away from your dreams, too. Yeah, but after. Unless you have a good relationship. After I got out of the relationship, I was just like, I'm just going to like try to stay away from women and not get stressed out yeah and it'll work out i was sober or i was celibate for like two months and i was so productive and then i was i was sober too i wasn't drinking or i was mormon i wasn't drinking or having sex barely masturbated and um just training a fuck ton and doing a lot of comedy and being very productive getting shit done and then it got to the point where i was like okay i need to get laid and I need alcohol to do that because I can't stand these girls. Yeah. And then it's also like when you're trying to go hook up with people, they're usually probably drunk. So it's kind of weird when you're sober and they're drunk. Oh, if you're sober and you're hitting on drunk girls, that's creepy. It's weird. Yeah. I've met some pretty attractive girls that were hammered when I was sober. And I was like, I hope I see you again another time. But yeah. That's... And then you meet them sober, and they're like, I don't even know why the fuck I talked to you. Like, All right, thank you. This was fun. I had a good time meeting you. You're so pretty. Thanks for putting me down. Yeah. So then it's like, well, I guess I'll drink. Yeah. So anyways, I was like, okay, I'm going to drink. Yeah. And then I was drinking for a couple of days, and uh met my girl now. And I was like, all right, I don't need to drink anymore. Cool. That worked out. Did you meet her drink? Were you guys both drinking? Yeah. Where'd you meet her at? <laughs> I met her on a yacht. We had a threesome. Wow, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, it's you met the her on a yacht ever. You're hanging out on a yacht. It's it was a shitty yacht. Oh, well, but, it's still a yacht. It's still, but the guy whose boat it was, he was like a cool guy. We were talking about like the PizzaGate stuff and conspiracy yeah. shit, and and he was pretty cool. And then uh, we're, we've been hanging out all day and night, and out, out on the boat, and eventually he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm a crossdresser," and I'm like, "Uh, what?" <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm wearing a thong right now. <laughs> he like shows me he's got like a G string on it. I'm like, the fuck? Interesting. Fucking Austin, dude. Yeah. And then he showed me pictures of him like in full makeup and like wigs and like dresses. And I'm just like, was he hot? All right. Is mm. he a hot girl? No. <laughs> he's an okay looking guy. Okay. So he shows you his thong. Was it his G string? Did you hook up with him and your girl? No. Was it another girl? Yeah. Nice. But yeah, two guys and a girl's not a threesome. That's a train. Is it? Or an Eiffel Tower. No, that'd be a threesome still, wouldn't it? I mean... A, this fucking fly, dude. Technically. It's like the episode of Breaking Bad. <laughs> I was thinking that whole time, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. I was thinking that the whole time. I'm like, Billy, get it? Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. That fucking episode... 
I remember I was so into Breaking Bad. I was too. And I was high as fuck. And I was just watching that episode just like, what? There's like no dialogue. It's just him trying to kill a fly yeah. for like an hour. Does he kill a fly? I or think so. Forget. This fly is like fucking huge. That fly could have a seat on this chair. It's huge. It's almost like the size of a horse fly, but it's not a horse fly. I want to shoot it. Use your flamethrower, dude. Burn it down. Burn the fucking place to the ground. Get in this fly. Uh, I'm going to ask Ross. <laughs> to use the... <laughs> he might say yes, dude. He doesn't give a fuck about anything. Dude, this whole place would catch flame with, I think, in 30 seconds. Yeah, when I bought this flamethrower, um, I wanted to be the first to post the unboxing video. Yeah. And I was. <laughs> what do you mean? You know, they, they, there's like a whole unboxing thing on YouTube. Yeah. And they get a lot of views. So I was like, I'm going to be the first to do, unbox the flamethrower. So I set up my phone, I press record, and I turn it on, and I can't figure out how to turn the flame down. It's still up on my channel, on this channel. And uh, you can see the flame starts getting bigger and bigger, and it like engulfs the entire camera. I almost burnt my fucking apartment down. And I finally turned it off, and I'm like shaking. I'm like, holy fuck. That was so retarded. Why did I do that? The first time you tried a flamethrower was inside your apartment. Yeah. All right. Yeah, stupid. That was, yeah, I mean, I've done ideas that I didn't think through either. That's pretty funny, though, the flamethrower inside the building. How much was that thing? Uh, 600 bucks, but I bought a few of them and then sold two of them for 1200 Really? I thought it would be a lot more expensive than $600. I mean, it's just plastic with a propane tank. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it? Uh, does it shoot far? Ten feet. It's out of propane right now. Ah. Uh. Also, I gotta say, um, it, it's really cool watching you grow on stage over the years. Oh, thank Cause, you. Because I've seen you, I've been seeing you perform for probably like four or five years. Yeah. And when did you move to LA? I moved before COVID, so it was 2019. I was a different, okay. I've been, well, it hasn't been that long since you've seen me, but, um, I mean, yeah, I have changed completely. Yeah, so over the last three years, like, yeah. you're you're so comfortable up there, and, like, you get heckled a lot. I do. Like, more than yeah, other people. <laughs> and, I do. But you deal with it so well. Thank and, you. And they turn into great clips. Thank you, yeah, and, I mean, And I really enjoy watching those. I appreciate it. I don't know really what it is. I mean, I love heckles. I love... Because it reminds me of home. That's what I started. And Detroit comedy is like in-your-face comedy. I grew up in like a very like intense comedy scene and where people were just booing me and telling me I suck. And I was like, I don't want to suck anymore. And I don't want to feel like shit from people telling me that I suck. So eventually you just eat bags of dicks daily. And I mean, I was doing comedy and like it was all black room so it was like very intense like not at the apollo shit where like you walk on stage and people are like who the fuck is this white boy you know what the fuck are you you're not funny you suck boo get off the stage so it was always like riffing and always dealing with hecklers my whole career so it was like um so when i come out to like la and now i come out to austin when people heckle me it's like a joy because i've been getting heckled for six plus years now and um 
it's one of my things like I switched over from like in the beginning from like the first or two years of like trying to understand what comedy is writing it and then I started had to working on my heckler my crowd work because that's all I was dealing with nonstop. I was going to scary parts of Detroit getting heckled by people so me getting heckled by some fucking hippies in Austin is a joy of mine and people just say that I suck and I don't even get why I get heckled I get heckled by most people I'll even walk on stage, the show, no one's heckling, the whole show. And as soon as I come on stage and I say one thing, people are like, hey, bro, it's your face. And I'm like, what do they do? I just wanted to tell jokes, dude. I think you should get super jacked. Yeah, I want to, but that'd take a Because you got like a Ryan Seacrest thing going on. Do I? Ryan, like face, a Ryan Seacrest face? You just got like like a pretty face, but like skinny arms. Yeah. I do push-ups every day, but I am skinny. Like no one heckles me. Because I talk about how I'll beat the shit out of them. Yeah, see, I handle it differently. I almost, I think what it is, is I think I've always been, like, my whole life, people have always shit on me. And I think I have this inviting, like, energy where people, I guess, feel comfortable enough to talk shit to me. That's very annoying. It is annoying because I also let people do it to me. And it's because I'm so nice that I don't tell them back, like, yeah, you're really fat. Or, like... Well, there's your problem. Yeah. People treat you how you let them. I know, but it's also, and I, I let, I get it. I let it happen. I mean, does it, is, does it really bother you though? Yeah, it does bother me, and that's the funny thing is I let it bother me, and I'm too much of a nice person to really let them have it, like because I feel bad, like me making somebody else feel bad to make myself feel better. It's not how I am. So the only time I really let it out is when I'm on stage. That's how I am. Yeah, it so makes can, me feel good to make people feel bad. Yeah, and I, and I have to fight that because I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. And but it's like in me to be an asshole. Yeah. I mean, I can totally be an asshole to somebody. And it's the only time that I really let it out is when I'm on stage or when I'm with my close friends. And that's what's weird about it is that people that make fun of me in circles aren't even really my close friends. But I let them do it because I let it make them feel better. That because is my I know biggest I'm fucking them. pet peeve. People getting too comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, it's people that I don't really like. It's almost like when like they I do got a those, few people in mind. Let's keep going. Yeah, no, it's just no. Res- it's like a, a thing of respect. Like there's not a lot of respect I feel towards me, and I don't know what the fuck I did to these people because it's like I really haven't communicated with you enough for you to be on that level to make fun of me. Yeah, but they do it, and I let them have it. But eventually, it hits a point where I'll, I'll let them have it eventually. But I'm not a person to just be like, I'm going to make fun of how you look. To make me feel better. And because I'll let you feel good. Well, if you do it with the intent of a good roast joke. Yeah. Without malice. Yeah. Maybe that would work better for you. Yeah. I It would. Like you're not trying to be mean. You're just trying to be funny and it happens to be at their expense. Yeah. And it usually, but usually when it's triggered, it's usually like they're triggering something where it's like, I'm just going to be mean. I'm gonna be. I'm. A, I'm gonna tear your soul out, and it's gonna hurt me and you, and it's not gonna get anything better because I'm gonna have to say sorry. <laughs> and I don't want to have to say sorry for a fucking joke, but also the jokes that they're saying, they don't even realize. Like they're actually. I mean, they're cutting deep, but I don't let it kind of show. They're saying certain things about me that I'm like, that hurt. But, <laughs> but I'm like, oh, that was funny, man. Good it's for you. Me out. I know, but that's what it is, dude. And I'm just like, I don't. I don't know what it is. People heckle me, and um, it's just been a thing. I've even thought about quitting on writing. Not quitting on writing, but like just doing crowd work for the rest of my career. I mean, that works for Big J. Like it, 
It works for Big J. I mean, Andrew Schultz made a whole damn podcast about it. Yeah. I mean, not a podcast. He did a whole special on it, and it's amazing. He did a 35, 40-minute special on crowd work. <sighs> and it's my favorite thing, too. Crowd work is my favorite. Because I, I don't do crowd work. I it, can't. I've, I get scared that I won't think of something quick enough. It happened. I mean, last night, I mean, I went on stage at, at Creek in the Cave, and uh, I had 20 people yelling at me, and you can't really heckle back. And I was like, I fumbled. But it happens. Well, yeah, that's because there was a bunch of people yelling. Yeah. I Even mean, one person's like, oh, my material's thrown off. Yeah. I got heckled by my girlfriend's friend. Really? I was talking about something about being a whore, and then she was like, takes one to know one. And I was just like, uh, all right. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I and like. I had nothing. And then I was, I was like really mad, and I was like. Like, why would you do that? And she's like, I thought, like, the co comedians I want you to, like, helping. engage. Yeah. And I was like, no, never yeah. do that. Yeah. People that always say that they're helping, I'm like, you sound like a stupid person. Because it's like, I well, had it. I had it fine. I was fine. Even if I didn't have it, I still had it. I still had it on stage. This was not your time to talk, you know? Yeah. But they do it. And they think it's fun. They think they're helping us out. And I get off stage and I'm like, nope, you didn't help it whatsoever. You said it right at the punchline and I was going to fucking kill it. But whatever yeah so as soon as they open their mouth but that's the thing is like i'm not gonna as soon as they open up that that door i'm like oh now it's fun so you said it i'm going to hurt you i met some guy who was like let me tell you something i'm a heckler and i was like that's terrible and he's yeah. like no no it's not because heckling is a part of comedy and i was like no it's not and this I had to walk away from the conversation because I was just like, we're not going to agree here. Yeah, it sounds like a stupid person. Yeah. That's never done comedy. So I meet those people all the time. And especially it's like those old white guys or old people at the show and they're all drunk with their wife and they're like, that was funny, me and you together. And I'm like, no, it was no, actually terrible. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. I'm just going to start threatening people on stage if they heckle me. Do you? And no, you should be better than that. Well, I wouldn't actually do it. It would be a joke. Oh, but I feel like it's like the threatening. I would never work again if I just beat someone's ass. No, I mean, like, threatening them is like, I feel like it's, it's almost like funny. a It's not funny. It's almost cop like out. a cop out. It's yeah, a total exactly. cop out. It's very weak. And, um, but I, yeah, if I can't think of anything else to say. Yeah. I mean, there's I'll definitely the things. Backpack. There's definitely things like when people get me and or, there's like certain reactions that you do to be like, you know, I to, could get creative with it. I'll be like, I'll hold you down and shit in a condom and put it in a freezer and fuck you with it. Yeah, see, that's aggressive though. It's very aggressive. Yeah, I think only heckling only gets better. A lot of comedians, I think, like what happens is you just have to work at it. You have to like get rid of a like take a few sets at open mics and just go off the rails, fail miserably, fail and fail again, and then let it happen and soak in your own shit. And then not feel that way ever again. Yeah. So, I mean, that's how I was taught. That's the way I was raised. And Ooh, I'm excited to get back on stage. Yeah, man. Let the heckles happen, but uh, don't threaten them. Be better than them. You're, you can use your words better than what they're thinking. You should be smarter than the crowd. Yeah. For the years that you've done it. I, I like to take roast jokes that I've written about myself and then use them on the audience. So it's like pre-written. Pre-written roast and things are always good to have, especially if you're not like a good crowd work or improv or like have them in your back pocket. No one knows you've ever said them. And I, I use yeah, them. We use them. And, and, and if, if I'm like, 
if I see the room, I'll like scan it and be like, who's most likely to yell something out? Let me make some jokes about them right now. Yeah. And you know, like the hecklers, like they've been there the whole show fucking heckling people. So you eventually been thinking about stuff the whole time, especially frat bros. I do shows at like WTF Ice House all the time on Wednesday night. I bombed so bad there once. Yeah. Recently. I haven't bombed in two years until then. Till then? Yeah. In two years, two you haven't years, bombed. I have not bombed. Get the fuck out of here, Eli. I've had shows that were like okay, but I haven't bombed bomb, in two bomb. years. Who were frat bros there or was it college yes. chicks? Yes. Yeah. The frat bros are my favorite. I love fucking with those guys. They're all on cocaine, wild drunk, and they're the easiest to fuck with because usually it's one idiot and then the friends will shut up because you're embarrassing the one friend. And then they get on that one friend to shut the fuck up. And you're like, yeah, dude, you're ruining the whole fucking night for everybody. And they're like, yeah, man, come on. And then he feels really stupid. And then he still tries to be cool. And then you make him look less cool because you're like, yeah, dude, I'm way older than you. And I've been through where you've been. And they just don't understand like what they're saying is stupid. <laughs> I like frat bros because I've always fucked with frat bros. And I've never liked them. Are you a frat bro? No. Did you go to college? Yeah. Where'd you go? Uh, Santa Barbara. A lot of people think I was like athletic and stuff growing up. I was I was a fucking nerd. I was really I, yeah. I did art and music and stuff. It would make more sense then. Now, yeah, like about I just, you, I just start. I just wanted like when people meet. That's someone told me uh, last night that uh, a lot of people at Vulcan didn't fuck with me, and I was like, why? Why? And I was like, uh, I don't want to get into it. I was like, you can tell me the truth. I'm a man, and he's like, that's the problem. <laughs> You're too manly. And, oh. and they're like beta males that feel like inferior to you. Yeah. And I'm like, but I'm like nice to everyone. Yeah. That's like, how are you going to not like me for who I am when I'm treating you with respect? Yeah. doesn't make sense to me. I mean, the only thing that I've ever got from you is the high energy. Yeah. That can, that can turn off a lot of people. It can't. It, I mean, it's what, intense. Yeah. It, that's what it is. It's very intense. And I'm intense too. I think that's why, maybe why we've gotten along. Because when people get, when they meet me, it's also like, it's either they think I'm an asshole or they love me. It's like, there's no in between. Mm -hmm. There's never like, uh, oh, that's whatever. It's like, I fucking hate that guy or I love him. Yeah. But they know you. But they know me. And it's a thing. It's like, I don't know. I think a lot of people also have these things about me too. They think they know me and yet they don't know me at all. And I think that's probably what you get. When I first met you, you were very, I thought you were, yeah. This uh, muscle-bound dude that likes to beat the shit out of people. Like an MMA guy, but turns out you're a sweetheart that's an artsy nerd. Yeah, right? I, I didn't start doing MMA until a year ago. Yeah, and you went full-blown into it, and you've gotten jacked since the last time, since I've known you. You're jacked up, dude. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. It's so not good for comedy, but it's good for yeah. literally everything else. Yeah, and that's the weird thing, too, it sucks, is when you get prejudged before you go on stage from your look. Yeah. And it almost hinders your comedy. Like before... And I can't even complain about it. Be like, oh, I'm too good looking for comedy. Like, <laughs> People tell me that. They look at me and they're like, why are you doing comedy? You look too good for it. Just go model or act or something. You don't need to be doing this. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. So I look good, so I can't be a comedian? Yeah. So that's like telling anybody they can't be a comedian for their look. Pretty women. Like I feel bad for women sometimes too. Like that are good looking and do comedy. Some of them, I mean, but it goes for some people, most comedians, there's some people who think they look good so that they don't have to work hard at comedy. And it's like, no, you suck at comedy. 
we hate you for your comedy, not because you look good. We hate you because we watch your sets. But um, yeah, people have told me to quit comedy because like you look too good for comedy. I don't know what you're doing. You don't have any problems, and I'm like, I have a lot of fucking issues. Yeah, I used to have to do like self-deprecating stuff for the first couple jokes to get the crowd on my side. Like, yeah, oh, like this is the only place where being like a tall, in-shape white male works against me. Like, I walk up here and everyone's already like, "Fuck this guy, he's a douche." And yeah. And then that usually get them on my side. I don't like doing that. I don't like self-deprecating. I like, I like the putting off the persona on stage that I'm like an elitist that's better than everyone. I think that's funny. It that's what sucks. If you think it's funny, but the other people don't see it. But if you feel fine, uh, it's been working. Yeah. But um, that's not how I am in person. Yeah. Like I'm not. I don't. I don't think I'm better than people in, in when we're like when I'm hanging out with comics and stuff. But when I'm on stage, it's like it's an act. It's just a more embellished version of myself. Yeah, and then, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, you have to exaggerate the the stage, or it's not going to be funny. Yeah, but um, I don't. Know, I th I think I'm going to try going back to that self deprecating stuff and see how it works. I like self deprecating, but sometimes I don't do it enough. Sometimes I just want to do jokes and I'm like, no, dude, you you really got to self deprecate it because people. People don't think that uh, you think too highly of yourself, shit. And you're like, so I can't be confident. I can't be funny. What the fuck is going on? It's just like, just listen to what I'm saying. It's kind of funny. I think the best advice is just do whatever the fuck you think is right and just be patient. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing. And that's why I think it's a hard road when you are doing what you believe in because you're not um, pandering to what the people want. Mm hmm. I'm doing me, and that's, I think, sometimes, which has almost hindered some of my shit. I haven't sucked enough dick or took it in the ass enough, you know? I haven't sucked mm -hmm. the corporate ladder enough. And I think what happened, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, it's just like over the years, you learn more and you grow and you mature, and you're like, I have to do certain things. Maybe suck a couple dicks. Be cordial with people that you, you wouldn't think you would be cordial with. And just to let them know who you are. And um Yeah, in LA, Mike would tell me like being funny is not enough. You have to network and you have to make friends with people and get people to like you. And I'm like, I'm not good at that shit. I don't want to do that shit. Yeah. But it's part of the game. And then that that's getting sober helped me a lot with that. Yeah. With like kind of relearning how to socialize with a more like because I was always drunk. And when I'm drunk, I'm not the nicest guy or the same yeah. most uh attentive. And, um, but then when I moved out here and I, I went to Vulcan for the first time and I, I, I like, I'm like, oh, like I know a bunch of people here yeah and, um, I don't have to fake it. Like these are like people that I want to hang out with. These are my friends. So yeah. it's like, I'm networking every night, but it's like, I'm having fun and I'm not holding back yeah. and, and I'm it's, being yeah. myself. Exactly. And it's really almost not even networking. You're just going to say hi to your friends. Yeah. Everybody knows everybody here now. So, like, you miss a couple nights, it's fine. You see him again, it's like you just saw him yesterday. And it's nice. It's a good thing to have. All right, well, I got to violently pee, so where can we too. find you? You can find me uh, on Instagram at Justin Essenmacher. I'm not going to spell it out. It's fine. Uh, It'll be typed. It will be typed. Cool. And then also my podcast, uh, Going Through It with Justin Essenmacher, at Justin's Going Through It. Uh, that's every Thursday. I might be switching it to a different date, though. Uh, and then trying to do the live stuff like that. So, and always releasing content weekly. Oh, 
Biggest thing, though, I got my first headlining spot coming up here, September 18th in Temple, Texas at Corky's. I'm very excited, um, and Marcus Owen's featuring for me. So Hell yeah. Yeah, dude. The boys are back down in Temple. It's going to be a fun fucking time. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. It was a great time. All right. We'll see you next time on Casperger's.